Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? Blog Talk Radio. This is the 4 FCS Fanatics Radio Show with your hosts, Adam Willie, Preston Adams, Dakota Collins, and Jeff Wigton. And now, here's the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to uh, what I saw is our 10th episode. Holy crap. Um, right now, um, I'm joined by Jeff. Adam is a college kid, and so he has a life outside of talking on the radio. He's finishing up basketball practice and will be joining us late. And Dakota caught hurricane fever, so unfortunately he will not be joining us tonight. Um, but we are hoping that everybody that got hit by that hurricane, Michael, out of nowhere, um, just down in that part of the country is very safe. We know that it moved through very quickly, but um, definitely a very serious storm. In fact, we're getting some of that residue up in Virginia right here. But I'm not going to get into that, um, just because I'm sure you all have been hurricaned out with all that coverage. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, of course. I'm a weather nerd, so I could talk hurricanes for quite a while. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I mirror your, your, your thoughts about that, you know, especially those folks in the Florida panhandle and Southern Georgia who got raked by tornadoes yesterday as well. You know, boy, I, I cannot imagine personally going through that, but my goodness, it just, I mean, here we're, we're going to sit here you know, put our feet up and talk about about football for a couple hours. At least we can do that. I cannot imagine if if your life right now is consumed by all of that damage and having to pick your life back up after that. So my my thoughts and prayers to the people in the southeast as well. For sure, um, and I think that that's you know honestly that's something that a lot of people don't really consider when they move to a coast, at least to the east coast. Uh, they don't really get tsunamis on the west coast like we get hurricanes over here. Um, you know, nine months out of 12, it's beautiful. It's August through October, September time, it can be a doozy. And as we've seen this year, you can be as far inland as Charlotte and still get hit and rocked. So, um, again, we're not a weather we're not a weather radio show, but our, our thoughts and prayers everybody down in Florida and in the Southeastern Conference in general. So um, we'll just hope that you guys get back on your feet again. That was that was definitely no joke of a storm and tornadoes to go with it. So, uh, Jeff, without further ado, um, let's let's actually, re- uh, before we get into the conferences, conferences, game of the week, did you get a chance to check in in any way, shape, or form on the Villanova main game? I did get a little bit of a chance to check in on it. I know that it, um, it was a pretty good game throughout, and, and I know that Maine won it right there at the end. You know, mm. what a game. 
you know, it it was nip and tuck, it sounds like, most of the way. So, sounds like it was a pretty good game. Uh, that's pretty much um, all I got on that. Okay. Um, so, I would love to say that I was able to watch a lot of it. Um, unfortunately, the way that they cover it, we could do a whole segment on how the CAA covers its games. But anyway, um, I was able to catch a bit of it, and it was exactly what we thought it was going to be, a very, very defensive battle. Uh, between two teams that were desperate, and both teams played like they were desperate. It took Maine a last-second 52-yard field goal to not send that game into overtime. And I think that at the beginning, uh, we all said that this wasn't a must-win for Maine, and it was, but it was definitely a must-win for Nova. And, um, you know, I'm never going to assume anything, and I never assume JMU will win a game anyway, but after JMU lost to Elon, I... I Nova's looking at 0-4 coming into this weekend, and after that game, I just I don't see them pulling it out. Yeah, their defense showed up, but Maine's offense really hasn't been the same since their starting quarterback went down. So um, good for Maine, good for getting that much-needed win. Um, I'll talk about their opponent this week. That's going to be another playoff uh, implication game. But, you know, I, I think I predicted something like 23-20 to in that game, and it ended up being 13-10. to so a lot more defense than we anticipated, but at the same time, we, we that they were going to play that game ridiculously close. Um, and so since it's just us, Jeff, how about you uh, run through your conference games from last week and just give us some of your thoughts on those? Sounds good. I can do that. Not only do I have my conference games, I do have Adams. And uh, I'm just, again, uh, this week I'm going to go through all of all see this is all seven of them in no particular order um actually i will start with uh, one of my conferences i'm going to start with the big south where it'll be pretty easy to go through this uh kennesaw state it was basically the weekend of the blowout uh kennesaw state beat presbyterian 56 nothing east tennessee state beat gardner webb 45 to nothing and campbell beat wagner 49 to 3. Now, those are the top, you know, top teams in the conference are, you know, playing trap games. But for those keeping score, that's 150 to 3. So <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, it it was it was not uh it was not easy. It was not pleasant, I'm sure. Uh but I'm sure Kennesaw State, East Tennessee State and Campbell and East Tennessee State this week even rose into the uh to the stats bowl which I know we're going to talk about later, but uh, yeah, uh, when you have games like that, and I, and I remember last week, and, and in fact, my, my week seven matchup for the Big South is I don't have one. I mean, there's just again, it's going to be. A, I, I predict we could see scores uh, very similar to that uh, for the coming week. But I mean, when you have scores that are you know forty. Five forty-six and fifty-six points difference. Oh, geez. You know what's? I feel sorry for the teams coming out on the field. Uh, you know, helping them out, but that's okay. Uh, turning mm-hmm. to the Northeast, uh, Bryant beat Bryant beat uh, Duquesne by the narrowest of margins. It's only twenty-one to twenty. I didn't get uh, much detail on that, but I know it was came down to a fourth quarter possession there at the end. Uh, Sacred Heart lost. Uh, 31-27 at home to uh, Ivy League member Penn. 
Uh, of course, they're in state rival as well. So uh, going over to the Pioneer, Butler traveled to Drake. The Bulldogs held their home turf. Uh, the Drake Bulldogs, I should say, held their home turf and won 36-6. to uh, Jacksonville went to Davidson despite four fourth-quarter touchdowns. Davidson was just in too much of a hole. They beat Jacksonville, they beat Jacksonville 44 to 37, um, and San Diego beat Moorhead State 51 to 34. So, again, some lopsided uh, games going on there. Going over to the Ivy League, this has been a fun league to watch this year. A fun conference to watch. Dartmouth, oh, yeah. Yale, Ford, yeah, yeah. It's just really been a, and there's been a lot of surprises for me here in this conference. So. I've enjoyed, you know, it's not quite, it's turning to be less unpredictable now, but, I mean, it's been a fun conference because the, the football has been outstanding out of the out of the Ivy League. We've talked about that in the past, but, again, this week, Dartmouth uh, stayed undefeated by beating Yale 41-18, to and Harvard needed a win at Cornell. They came up short, though. The Crimson lost 28-24 uh, at Cornell. And let's see here. Moving over to the Southland, number nine, McNeese held off a fourth quarter rally to beat Abilene Christian. They they beat them twenty four to twenty one. This was the five hundredth win in McNeese program history. That's that's pretty a, sweet. Yeah, that's a sweet milestone for McNeese. So not only that, then they break into the top ten in the stats poll, so good for them. Um Number 12, Nichols, rallied to beat Northwestern State in Thibodeau. They ended up scoring 21 unanswered points in their 28-10 to 10 win. They were down 10-7. to 7. They came back and they, uh, they, they, they did the last three touchdowns. They held, they held Northwestern State scoreless in the second half. And number 17, Sam Houston State beat Stephen F. Austin 54-21. to 21. I know this was not a, a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. Stephen up Austin, not been up on their uh, on their program as they have been in the past. Uh, Sam Houston State, you know, it looks like that they were just off track early, and, and maybe they're they're going to start to roll. But you know, you, you just kind of look at their their strength of schedule, and you really wonder, you know, looking ahead to the playoffs, how are they going to get seated? You know, coming up the road. So we'll have to mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Uh, we got two more big conferences here. Let's turn to the big sky on, on the first one. Idaho State kept their foot on the accelerator pretty much all the way through Saturday's game. The Bengals had touchdown passes from four different signal callers in their 62-28 to win over their in-state rivals, the Idaho Vandals. And I remember saying last week several teams would be involved in trap games in the big sky. Weaver State got caught in one of those trap games. They lost to the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks and Flagstaff 28-24. to And finally, to Adams and my uh, favorite conference, the Missouri Valley, uh, North Dakota State continues uh, their number one dominance as they roll at Cedar Falls with a 56-31 win against Northern Iowa. The mm-hmm. South Dakota Coyotes upset the then-ranked Missouri State Bears 35-28. to after being down all of the first three quarters to the Leathernecks, the Illinois State Redbirds put up three unanswered fourth-quarter touchdowns and a 33-16 win. Adam was at that game. I'm sure he could uh, talk to us more about that one here in a bit. 
And mm-hmm. Indiana State scored 24 points on the road in the fourth quarter to force the number three South Dakota State Jackrabbits into overtime. The Sycamores, though, lost 54-51 in the extra period. You know, obviously, Indiana State has been an improved team over this year. And to take a road loss, and and to actually call that a win, I mean, it's not going to be a win in the standings. But to, to, to take South Dakota State in South Dakota to overtime after you know being down twenty four points in the uh, in the in the fourth quarter, boy, that's that's an accomplishment right there. So you've got to take your hats off to the Sycamores. I'm I know that we've still got our game against them, um, so that'll be a that'll be a team actually. Now I'm gonna I think that'll be a game. Normally you just go, oh, it's Indiana State, but now I think this. This time around, I'm going to be going, oh, it's Indiana State. So, yeah, to, to take to do that to, to the number three team in the country, I'm pretty impressed, especially when it's not on their home turf. And that's, that's all I've got for now. Uh, Preston, you want to go ahead and fill in the rest of the conferences? Yeah, I'll do that. And I just wanted to jump in and uh, give the kudos to uh, Indiana State for giving it the uh, good old college try. And they're seriously, you know, coming back from 24 down in the fourth quarter to tie the number three ranked team in the country is no small feat. So hats off to them. Um, And, you know, we've seen a lot of teams fall prey to the hangover. Um, uh, uh, Not Indiana State, Illinois State being one of them after their FBS win. Um, South Dakota State almost fell prey to it. And if you actually watch the game, they probably should have lost if it weren't for awful clock management on the part of Indiana State. But, you know, take nothing. You mean on the part of South Dakota State? Uh, no, actually. Indiana State had about 20 seconds or so, and they were on, like, the three-yard line. It took them, like, 10 seconds to get off a play. It was first and goal. They didn't mm-hmm. spike the ball. They, they were just standing there wasting time. They could have tried a couple of plays to get into the end zone, but instead had to mm-hmm. – field goal after one missed shot at the end zone at the end of regulation. So, excuse me, um, just awful clock management. Um, And and like I said, this was before overtime. So Indiana State had a chance to win the game. They just managed the clock horribly. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it it, it was unfortunate. Nothing against it because, you know, I don't really root against, like, right now – Western's going to be a middle of the pack team, and I get it. But boy, it would have been something to see. Uh, okay, yeah, Elon beat Elon beat James Madison. Okay, yeah, but they're both ranked. Here you have a team that didn't even win a game last year coming into South Dakota and almost beating the number three team in the country. That's pretty cool. And I don't think that you mentioned this in your Big Sky recap, or maybe I just missed it. Uh, Portland State beating uh, Montana in Montana. And I think oh I don't no, know you... I didn't mention that. You're right. Yeah, and so it was really funny that they did that because somebody on the page was like, uh, "Should Portland State give up football?" And then they go and pull that off this weekend. Which for me, I, I, I'll, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. What it told me was. 
Montana might not be what they we thought they were exactly. So what do you think about that? Well, I mean, they, they Montana State, excuse me, Montana is always good at home, you know, and and, and they've beaten Northern Iowa, uh, you know, in in Montana, but man, you put them on the road and obviously they they become a different team and if if they lost to Portland State and and maybe Portland and, and Let's let's not uh, you know take it away from Portland State. They you know they might have just been playing up to their competition, but you know it just doesn't seem like Montana can keep anything going on the road. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just brought that up because I was just like, you know, we'll see what happens with the Grizz the rest of the year. A lot of their fans were starting to get a little loud and saying that we were kind of forgetting about them and the polls were forgetting about them. Then they go and lay an egg at Portland State. So we'll see what happens. Without further ado, I'm yeah. going to jump to uh, some of the uh, the conferences that um, Dakota covers, and I'll be going back and forth just as I kind of see these. Um, no surprises here. Well, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Sanford got back on their game and beat Western Carolina 66-28. This is obviously a SOCON game. I'll be going between the SOCON and the SWAC. Um, I saw part of this game. Sanford jumped out real quick. I think they were up like 35-7 to at the end of the first quarter. So they came out with in that game with a vengeance, maybe trying to prove something, and they, they definitely uh, did what they needed to do, we'll just put it that way. Um, Wofford went on the road, took care of business at Chattanooga 21-10. Um, pretty much solidifies for everybody that uh, Walford is the team to beat conference, and I don't think that we're going to be hearing anything different from anybody else. Um, Alabama mm-hmm. State, the SWAC versus Alcorn State, and keep in mind, Alcorn had just beaten Southern, uh, I think the week before. Alabama State wins 28-25 to in mm-hmm. Oakland. So looks like we're going to have a lot of parity in the slack in terms of who's going to be going for that conference. But, um, you know, you'd think they probably want a little more stability out of that. I'll just leave it there. Okay, so Jacksonville State, um, they win 56-7 against Eastern Kentucky. I don't think that surprised anybody. If it surprised you, I don't know that. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do we have? Have. Um, hmm. Grambling beat their D2 opponent. Take that for what it is. Alabama and A&M, um, looking like they're trying to be a competitor in the SWAC as well. They beat Texas Southern 42-21. to And other than that, um, Austin P won 49-34 to against Tennessee State. So with that win, um, it really looks like as we, as most of us predicted, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be Jacksonville State's conference to lose in terms of what's going on in the uh, Ohio Valley. Um, but the the flag is going to be interesting this year. Uh, um, that's going to be a conference that everybody who actually likes FCS football should keep an excuse me should keep an eye on because the Celebration Bowl is not promised. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Okay. No. Uh, I scroll. Did you? Did you? By the way, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I missed it there. But did you notice that Alabama State beat Alcorn State in five overtimes? Yeah. That. Yeah. Just. 
What? <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, it's good for the fans. I guess they got their money's worth. Um, I feel bad for the band. That's like six quarters of playing because they always play an hour before <laughs> and an hour after. Um, so it's more like eight quarters of playing. But anyway, that that's just insane. Um, good on them because, man, that's that's a lot of football. <laughs> and I think yeah. I just have to leave. That's a lot of football. All right. So well, I'm gonna and go I still on. find it funny that that both teams scored safeties in the first overtime, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like how how does that even happen? <laughs> I, I, I I agree with you 100. percent If if you had, if you had if you had told me that I was to bet on the fact that two teams would have a safety in their in the respective overtime, I'd be going, yeah, I'll take that bet. You know? Yeah, and, and you know, bet the house on that one. That That's mm-hmm. just insane. I don't, I don't even know how it happened. I, I'll, I'll look it up later on YouTube because I'm sure it's there. Just how do you score two safeties is probably one of, if not the most ridiculous I've ever heard. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Um, I'm only going to mention two games out of the Patriot League. Um, Colgate beat Bucknell 27-3. No surprises there for anybody. Um, Colgate is definitely the team to beat in that conference, and I'm sure they moved up a couple spots in the stats because of all the craziness that we had. And the Georgetown Hoyas won 23-11. They beat Fordham. And with beating Fordham, Georgetown Hoyas have won uh, their first uh, conference game since 2017. So good for them. They still suck. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. It's week week six. So, hey, good job for them for uh, for finally pulling that off. Yeah. One game at a time. That's all you can do. Um, All right. So I'm going to move on to the MEAC next. Um, South Carolina State beat Morgan State 21-18. Really no surprises there for anyone. South Carolina State will probably be a middle-of-the-pack MEAC team. This is something. Um, North Carolina Central beat Howard 40-35. to And why that's significant is because Carolina Central is not eligible for the Celebration Bowl. So they are a decent team just playing spoiler right now. And the fact that Howard got that loss when they really needed to go undefeated, basically, to keep up with North Carolina A&T, um, that throws um, a lot off in the MEAC, but does not completely hand the conference over to uh, North Carolina A&T. So I'm not saying that. But that is definitely a knock to Howard's um, uh, title hopes in the conference. Now, moving right along, Florida A&M took care of business against Florida State, 17 to nothing. Um, Florida A&M is actually undefeated in conference, and um, we'll be playing North Carolina A&T next week in a game that, again, is really going to pretty much play out who will be representing the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. Um, moving right along uh, to North Carolina A&T, they beat Delaware State, 34 to six. Again, no surprises there. Nice to see them back on track, and uh, looks like they will um, 
like I said, they're going to be playing FAMU next week, and that's going to be, really be what decides the Celebration Bowl. Looks like, but I'm not going to count anything. I'm not going to count anybody out. And uh, Bethune-Cookman beat Mississippi Valley State 41-27. to um, reason why I mentioned this game is because Bethune-Cookman really needs to just be on their A game if they want to be in that FAMU and uh, North Carolina A&T discussion. Um, and since that Howard loss, um, those are really the teams that I'm looking at. Norfolk State, I mean, they played okay, but if you can't score any points against FAMU, uh, got yourself kind of a problem there. So, um, to me, it's completely over with, but it's definitely going to be an interesting conference, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay, on to the CAA. Uh, New Hampshire got their starting quarterback, uh, Trevor Knight, back, and right on cue, they beat Holy Cross 28 to nothing, making that New Hampshire's first win of the season. I won't go too much into what's going on with New Hampshire. I'm going to save that for the rest of the show because CAA has just got a whole lot more interesting with New Hampshire actually being able to play. Uh, Rhode Island got back to their offensive scoring ways. They beat Brown 48 nothing for the Governor's Cup. Um, this is a game that Brown actually usually dominates, but Rhode Island has, is a completely different team this year. Um, also nice to see that their defense held somebody scoreless, but again, this is Brown, so I'm not going to read into it too, too much. Um, let's just get this over with. Elon <laughs> went into Madison and won 27-24. to 24. I could recap this game. I already have recapped this game on the SCS Fans Nation website. Uh, Elon deserved to win that game. Um, they didn't do anything super flashy, um, but they did have too many big, big plays against JMU, and that's really... That's where their offense came from, big breakaway plays. Um, I'm not taking any way away from their running back, whose name escapes me right now, um, but I know, but their quarterback, Davis Cheek, made timely throws. Their offensive line was phenomenal. They were doing great stuff on defense. Um, Riley Stapleton still had, I think, like eight catches for 99 yards, but, you know, their, their backs um, – their secondary really did lock him up for most of that game, um, which I think maybe surprised a few people. You wouldn't expect that much from folks in the FCS, but, you know, take nothing away from them. Um, and I have to be honest, uh, JMU just looked like they were kind of sleepwalking through that game. Um, I, I don't think that it was that they weren't super into it. I, maybe they weren't super into it. Again, it was family weekend. The crowd is always a little docile. Um, but you think they would have been up for a top ten matchup and playing their first real competition. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I mean, clearly I watched this entire game and th- there was just a lot left to be desired on the field. Um, I think JMU needs to open up their playbook a little more. I'm glad that they're going to, uh, one of their freshman wide receivers is going to be a real deal and is the real deal already. So um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him develop. I I think that we need to get out of the run-it-up-the-middle mentality that we have right now in terms of uh, running back play because our running backs are very, very good. Um, we need to do a better job of getting them into space, plain and simple. Um, we have a pretty good offensive line, but they're still growing. I just think that JMU needs to open up the playbook. And defensively, they need to stop with the big plays. Um, 
can't get burned on 60-yard plays and expect to win a football game against a top-10 opponent. Um, mm. Now, that said, I think if these teams play 10 times, JMU probably wins 7 out of 10, no matter where they're playing. But, again, that's taking nothing away from Elon. They deserve to be ranked in the top five, top six. Um, we'll get into rankings later. I think people way overreacted with where they put JMU in a lot of their rankings. Um, because if you really think that this team is the eighth-best best team in the country, then you're, you're not watching football. <laughs> and I'll just put it that way. Um, but, again, well, and I, I can... I, you know, looking ahead to, to, to some of our rankings, again, I, I kind of looked up there and I went, I know I looked at these last week. This can't be right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's like, what, what are you people watching? Did you actually watch the game or did you just see the final score? Um, that, that's pretty much what I took. Um, so, you know, take that for what it is. I'm not going to get too, too into that right now. Good word. I could do a whole show on what the CAA refs did. Whew, that was bad. Um, but all of that being said, like I said, I'm not taking away anything from Elon. They earned that win. Um, I don't think they're going to go undefeated in the conference just because the conference is that deep. But they're definitely in the driver's seat right now, and they absolutely deserve to be there. Um, moving right along in the CAA, now, Delaware. Before, before, I'll, actually, before we leave that, do you think this is a wake-up call for James Madison? That is exactly what I think it is. I think it is a wake-up call because they are uh, – they are definitely a team now that knows that they can be beat in the regular season, and I think that that is going to light a fire under them to the point where they will not be uh, – I don't think they're going to be losing another game because I don't think that Coach Houston is going to let them lose another game after this because what he can say now is you guys can't sleep walk through the re- regular season. Um, yeah. I mean, it, and again, I didn't get to see any of the game again. I, uh, with my Saturday schedule, I'm not able to see a lot of what's going on in football. I'm I'm reading about it, but it just a game like this. Yeah, I think it just shook them awake, and and now it'll be interesting to see how they react the rest of the way. So, and and and, and what's the what's the uh, implications on this game and our game of the week? to, you know, to to the rest of the CAA, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, and I think that re- what that game did was it, it woke up the rest of the CAA that, you know, for, for a lot of CAA teams like a Richmond, like a Delaware, a New Hampshire, Villanova, these new teams that came in like Elon and Stony Brook and Albany were like, who are y'all? Um, we want UMass back. <laughs> like, we... we <laughs> We, we were just like, who are you people and why are you even here? So I think what happened this week was Elon just earned their uh, their CAA card. Um, and I don't say that to sound like the, the old person from the old guard of the CAA, but that, that's really what that game said to me, and, and, and genuinely, good for them. Um, but I think that it does open up the conference, which, you know, for better or worse, means that a lot of these teams are really, really going to be gunning for it now but that's going to make for better conference play. Um, but like I said, I don't see, I don't see Jamie losing another game um, because of this, but I never take anything for granted. Some other Jamie fans do for whatever reason, but 
that just goes to show that's why we play the games on Saturday. Okay. <sighs> All right. So, uh, moving moving right along, uh, Delaware got right back on track uh, by coming down to Richmond and winning 43-28. to um, I was able to see some of this game as well. I Richmond sucks. <laughs> they, they just they really. Um, I I switched over to the game and it was seven to nothing after the first minute. Delaware. Um, Richmond mm. doesn't have anything resembles a defense, and the and the game wasn't even this close. It was like I think it was forty three to like thirteen. Um, sometime in the fourth quarter, and then Richmond scored a couple of quick touchdowns. Um, Richmond just doesn't look themselves, so I can't really tell you what this means for Delaware. Um, we'll talk about who they're playing a little bit later, and that's and that game that they're playing later and uh, later this weekend, we will truly be able to see where Delaware is. We know they're not going to be North Dakota State, but the game that they're playing this weekend against Ceylon, I think, will tell us whether they're a playoff team. As for Richmond, they are definitely just playing spoiler right now. Um, and I think their coach is playing for his life. Um, so I hate to say this as a JMU fan, it's very sad that Richmond has fallen off so much. Um, I can be happy about it and sad about it at the same time. Um, I'm not shedding a tear. But it is nice to see that there is a potential uh, football rival, at least, and Elon popping up, to say the least. Um, and so we'll move on to our other rival, uh, William and Mary. Got a CAA win against uh, Albany, 25-22, um, at the last second. And uh, I, there's really not much to say on that, other than that's probably the um, only game that William and Mary is going to win this year. Or maybe because Richmond is that bad. But Albany is now going to be very hard-pressed to find a CAA win this year. That was their game, and they kind of blew it. Um, and finally, um, a game that somehow flew under the radar, both nationally and in the, in the CAA, uh, Towson put a beat down on Stony Brook, 52-28. to And I think what this game shows us is two things. Towson's offense is ridiculously potent, and their defense still leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, not that Stony Brook isn't a team that can put up points on you, but um, they're they're not a team that's going to be scoring 40 or whatever. Um, but putting up 28 points solidly lets you know that there there are ways that you can get to Towson's defense, um, and if you can keep their offense to within a reasonable range by uh, making sure that Will Flacco stays in the pocket and doesn't scramble or doesn't um, run too much. Um, Towson can be had, but all of that being said, I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from Towson. Um, they are steadily climbing up the poles. I think that I personally think they should be higher because I think they have a more impressive resume than a lot of the teams out there. But I'd just like to run through what we see in the CAA right now. Uh, the teams in the top are as follows. The Elon Phoenix, Rhode Island Rams, Towson Tigers, Maine Black Bears, and JMU is Uh, Those first four teams are undefeated in conference. Uh, JMU has uh, two wins and a loss. Stony Brook has two wins and a loss. Uh, And Delaware is one and one. Every other team below that, I think, is out of the playoff race. Um, Unless New Hampshire goes undefeated for the rest of the season, ain't going to happen. And unless Villanova goes undefeated for the rest of the season. 
I don't see it happening. Um, actually, Villanova could probably lose one game since they won their FBS game. They could maybe make it in at 7-4 with a 500 conference record. Um, but the CAA is just such a tough schedule, and I'd have to look over Nova's schedule. Um, I think they're going to be hard-pressed to only lose one more conference game, and that would even be assuming that they beat JMU this weekend. But but what I'm but what I meant to say was you know Elon Rhode Island Towson Maine at the top and Richmond Villanova and New Hampshire are the three bottom teams. Now Jeff, if I held your feet to the fire and told you that that would be what we're looking at in the CAA, you probably would have laughed at me preseason. Oh, I would have had you checked out for sure, <laughs> especially especially for New Hampshire to be near the bottom. I mean, of course, it was extenuating circumstances with their quarterback issue, but no, that's not going to happen. Preston, what are you on over there? No, I never would have figured. Now, even if even you telling me that James Madison was going to be at some point in the season in fifth place even. No, mm-hmm. that's not happening. You're crazy. You know? No. But it's... A lot of good parity in that conference, you know. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Mhm. And, and I think, and I, I also, you know, I say fifth place with a grain of salt because they have one loss, and every other team above them is undefeated. So, and we're still early in the season, but that means that there's three or four. I'm sorry, four other teams above them that are undefeated, and you know, and and, and, I, and gunning for that for that automatic playoff berth. Exactly, and seeing that, I think it would be, you know, uh, we're not going to step on our get-off-my-lawn moment, but there are some people out there saying that the CAA is only going to get three teams. You know, you take that stupid for what it is. This is, you know, to say it's solidly a four-bid team, I think would be even an understatement. I, I I could easily see five teams coming from the CAA um, just because it, it looks the way that it does. And, again, I'm not going to harp on this too much, but, but it, it's just crazy what, what this conference is going to be presenting for the playoff committee. And they're going to have a lot of tough decisions because at the, end of the, at the end of the year, there might be a case for six teams. But, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, um, and I definitely don't want to count right. the chickens before. Um, so, by the way, I pulled up Villanova's schedule here. Of course, as you were alluded to earlier, James Madison uh, goes to Villanova this weekend. Then New Hampshire, with their with their starter, goes goes there uh, after the bye week. So mm-hmm. on October twenty seventh, they get to come in there. Um, and then you have Villanova going to Richmond. Okay, so that's an easy game. You have them going. As their last home game is against William and Mary, and then their last game is at Delaware. So, yeah, they got a couple easy games at the beginning of November, but they they don't have any. This isn't going to be an easy year for them. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's my thing. Like even even that Richmond game. Yeah, on paper, it's weird to say that Richmond should be an easy game, but I have to think at some point these. Richmond Spider players have to kind of get some pride and 
play for their squad and play for their college because this is this is not Richmond of before the 2000s that you could maybe kick around. This this was a national nationally prominent program, and I realized that they had a NFL caliber quarterback at the helm the last three years, but they also won a national championship not that long ago. Um, so this is a, this is a team with history and tradition and pride, and I just think that they're wounded right now. Um, so. You know, that that's not an easy win for Nova. Um, New Hampshire is not only playing spoiler, they're playing, God, for a potential playoff spot. Um, actually, since we are in New Hampshire, um, uh, one of the things that uh, one of our New Hampshire folks said is they think that New Hampshire can get into the playoffs with a 6-5 and five record. And I know that the playoff committee would take a lot of things into consideration, like... Um, the fact that they did have a hurt quarterback and they were just thrown off for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were just thrown off. They were not themselves. But at the same time, the CAA will have five teams that are at seven and four and better. I think that most people would bank on that. Um, if I looked at if I looked at the conference right off the top of my head, I would say Elon will be better than seven and four. JMU will be better than seven and four. Towson will be better than seven and four. It is very likely that Rhode Island or Maine will be better than seven and four, um, uh, and probably Stony Brook or Delaware. Um, and that's five teams right there. There, there are at least seven teams above New Hampshire right now that are way better in the driver's seat, and New Hampshire can't afford to lose any more games. If they went, and I'll be the first to admit it, I love seeing other CAA teams get in. If if New Hampshire got in at six and five, I might have to throw some stuff. <laughs> that that's just that would be a shambles. That would that would be a yeah. It just shouldn't it shouldn't happen, especially if you've got five teams that are better than that in there. So no, I agree with you on that. And and, and yeah, it was a shame that they lost their starting quarterback in the first half of the of the season. But you know that's football. I mean, uh, nobody handed the Packers a. Uh, a playoff spot last year when they lost Aaron Rodgers, it should it's not gonna happen in, in in the FCS either. Yeah. So, you know, more power to them if they happen to go undefeated for the rest of the season. Yeah, they would earn it. They deserve, but that means they'd be seven and four. And I think that they would earn that. I just don't see it. Um they still have to play JMU, they still have to play Delaware, so good luck with all of that. Well that JMU game's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, I think it's November 3rd. I think it's November 3rd, which it will be up in New Hampshire, uh, home field advantage. But, again, I think mm-hmm. that you're, you're, you're not going to get – you're not going to pull one over on JMU ever again this year. So, mm-hmm. luck to them with but, that. But, but you look at their other opponents. They've got Stony Brook this weekend. They've mm-hmm. got Delaware. Uh, at, and both of those games are at home. Mm-hmm. And then they go on the road to Nova. Well, that's not going to be an easy game, but it, I, I think that, you know, New Hampshire may be able to take it. Mm-hmm. Then you look at their – they've got their game against, as you said, November 3rd, JMU. And then you've got Albany going up to New Hampshire. Okay. So, I mean, they, I could see four or five. I don't see them winning out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and that's the thing. They, they need to win out. Uh, that's what it comes down to. 
Um, and I think I think for them to have a chance of doing that, they need to play like they're playing spoiler with every single game that they play up until they play JMU. And I think they were going to treat JMU as a uh, CAA championship game as it was anyway. They need to treat that like a playoff. But I also think that JMU is going to treat that as a we need to reestablish ourselves game, kind of like they're doing with Nova this weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting. The CAA is going to be fascinating, especially because New Hampshire is going to be trying to make that playoff push from the very bottom of the conference. Um, so yeah. uh, let's do a very quick run through of um, these freaking stat poll rankings. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah. And and nothing uh, against it, but I, I again I just look at the stats poll from this week. And again, I kind of wonder what everybody was on. Yeah. I mean, okay, North Dakota State, now the undisputed number one. 160 votes are the only one that got any votes for, for number one. I get it. Mm-hmm. Kennesaw State at number three. What? I don't think their strength of schedule permits that. And Eastern um, Washington is underneath them? I didn't even, do, by the way, I didn't even do my own poll because I looked at this poll and I went, oh, heck no. There's too much <laughs> to talk about here. Yeah. Well, you know, go for it by all means. Yeah. I mean, Eastern Washington, they've been, impre- they have been steadily impressing me more and more each week. And so when I see that they're under Kennesaw State, who, who granted, they're going in, they're, they're just, decimating teams, but they're not decimating anybody who's ranked. They're decimating teams that, you know, I'm sorry, any given week, they should beat them. And they should beat them by 56 points or 45 points or whatever the case may be and hold them scoreless. Okay, yeah, that's great. I, 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 I And don't get me wrong, I'm, 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 I'm the Big South, you know, proponent here. Kennesaw State, highly overranked. I'm so sorry, Owls, fans, but it's just not supposed to be. Eastern Washington should be in that third spot. Elon, I'm glad to see that they've they've risen, especially with beating James Madison. Uh, I still think Elon and James Madison should be uh, five and six, or four and five here. Maybe Kennesaw Mm. State should be down the line a little bit. Wofford tied with James Madison. I think that's interesting. I have not really seen anything. Of course, again, I'm I'm not watching the game, so I can't say. You know, I I don't get to see as as Dakota loves to bring up the triple the triple option offense here. I don't get to see it. But at the same point, it's one of those things where it's like I just haven't seen anything here that makes me go, yeah, they deserve to be in the top six. Um, that's just me. Jacksonville State number eight. Okay, that's fine. McNeese at number nine. Okay, they've been there for a couple of weeks, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T, they rose a, a point this week to number 10. They, you know, cracked a top 10. Nichols, again, strength of schedule. I'm just kind of going, really? You guys weren't doing that good a couple of weeks ago, and now you're at 11. What happened here? What did I miss? Because hmm. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Illinois State at number 12. Well, you almost got beat by Western Illinois, and you go up three points in the uh, – you almost got beat by Western Illinois, an unranked team that's only got 12 points 
here in the in the poll this week, and and you and you rose three spots because of that. That no, 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 that shouldn't have happened. Weber State fell from six to thirteen. Again, what happened here? That that's not right. Of course, they lost to to Northern Arizona. They've had an off year, but but this was. Again, to drop them seven seven spots in the poll, it just it blew my mind. UC Davis came up, and a lot of people are, are are high on that UC Davis trail. So I'm almost surprised to see that they're still down at uh, 14 here. Mm-hmm. Again, Sam Houston State, they win, they 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 rise up a couple more in the poll to 15. Okay, but you know, then you've got Rhode Island, and they have been. They have been lights out in the CAA all season long. They've lost one game, and that was a pretty hard-fought game. So, mm-hmm. you know, frankly, they should have they should have been up there, I think, a little bit higher. Same with Towson. Uh, Towson's at 17. You've got Central Arkansas, who rose a couple points this week. Stony Brook dropped all the way down to 19. I'm sorry, who did Stony Brook lose to? Towson. So they ranked. They lost another ranked opponent, and they they dropped that far in the poll. Yeah, that that just six places. If you lose to a a ranked team, just to me seems a bit a bit extreme. You've got an undefeated Colgate here at number twenty. Uh, they rose a point. Maine solidifies their spot in the in the Big Twelve, or excuse me, in the top twenty-five with a. With the win, they they're up to twenty one. Montana fell, and uh, they they lost to an unranked team, Portland State. Eh, okay, I'll give it to them. And then and then getting to make their debuts, you've got uh, East Tennessee State, South Dakota, and Princeton. Princeton, I think. Again, here we go. Okay, so they missed the first two weeks. They can't help that. That's the Ivy League. But the fact that they're number twenty five when you've got South Dakota, no. I think they should also have been a little bit higher. So I, I completely take this poll and I go, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And now up to you. <laughs> so, uh, and when you say those things out loud, um, again, we don't want to be seen as Southland bashers, but I don't think most people that watch a lot of football actually think that Sam Houston is the 15th best team in the country. I think that. I, I think that a lot of people would say there's a lot of slot voting going on, um, mm-hmm. and they're they're just there in name, and you know you take that for what what you will. But well, and it still surprises me that we've got. Excuse me, because I I, I don't know why I'm getting upset about the poll this week, but you've got McNeese at nine, Nichols at eleven, and Sam Houston State at fifteen. What? And how did they get there? Because, again, who have they played the last few weeks that, that all of a sudden they're ascending up the pole when you've got Rhode Island that can't, you know, get get up into some of these higher spots? Rhode Island's been impressive all year. You know, you've got teams that, that should be higher. Colgate is undefeated. They're at 20. I mean, this, this just doesn't seem right. And so I think to your point, and I'm not here to, like, beat the chest of the CAA, but I use them as an example just as you can use um, uh, Colgate. Missouri Valley. Um, sure. Uh, Rhode Island and Towson, their losses came to FBS opponents. 
Rhode mm-hmm. Island almost won the game. And Towson didn't look bad against Lake Forest. Uh, they just looked like they went against the CAA t- uh, ACC team. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you. I know that I would at least have both of those teams ranked above uh, San Houston State. They finally put UC Davis above them. Uh, that was long overdue. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I think that it's kind of in name only. Um, and especially, you know, everybody's allowed to have a dud of a game, consider what happened with JMU. But McNeese played Albumine Christian close. That, that just doesn't look good. That's like South Dakota State playing Indiana State close. And we know that Indiana's an, Indiana State's an improved team, but... You know, these are teams that should be handling those types of squads, especially if they're going to be in the top ten. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's a lot of qualms that I can take with this poll. I think I'm going to actually start doing a top 25 now, um, just because so many people do, and it, just because it's fascinating. And I, I would love to know how some of these people vote. Excuse me, love to know how some of these people vote. I know it was talked about a lot last week because everybody was up in arms about what happened with the polling last week. Um, it's just nuts. Uh, and even this week, I, th- I think that there was just so much chaos that people overreacted and didn't think logically. For example, I would have, I had South Dakota State, I think, at four, three, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I definitely had Eastern Washington at two. Because since JMU lost, um, Eastern Washington has looked like uh, second most impressive team. They only have one FBS loss, and it's definitely a better loss than Kennesaw State has had, and Eastern Washington has played better competition. Uh, so is South Dakota State. Um, but again, South mm-hmm. Dakota State's a oh, but man, that was a funky-looking thing. Um, for Elon and JMU, I'm not going to get into it too much, because uh, I think that, like I said, if you play, these, play that game ten times, I think JMU wins seven especially when they're actually focused. Um, I have watched a little bit of Wofford. I don't know what to make of them. Um, they just don't pop off the screen. You know what I mean? Like, North Dakota State pops off the screen. EWU, EWU pops off the screen. Elon and JMU popped off the screen to me. Um, and, uh, you know, Kennesaw has had moments of popping off the screen when I've watched them. Wofford hasn't done that for me. So, that that's kind of what I'm thinking, um, but other than that, I'm I'm not going to try and get too too deep into the polls. Uh, Adam said he'll be on any minute. I'm going to continue to keep an eye on that. I think what we really just need to uh, just say about this is, hopefully the playoff committee doesn't take these polls too too seriously, um, because they seem to be very reactionary. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, deep thought into these in terms of, okay, well, what did the team do a couple weeks ago? What did the team do last week? Uh, what did they look like all year? Which is what I think they should do. Um, right. Uh, I think according to the schedule should be an important part of the voting here. Yeah. And, you know, I know JMU doesn't have the best strength of schedule, but their strength of schedule might be on par with McNeese. But the teams that they've played, um, JMU's just beaten them up more, uh, to, to be perfectly honest, um, and has looked better in their wins. Um, so, again, you know, well, I'm going to try to say that, though, and they've 
they've actually faced some decent competition this year. So it's not like you're not like JMU just, you know, oh, yeah, we've played a few teams and we've beat them pretty good. I mean, they've played some pretty good teams, and they've, they've done pretty well. So, I mean, I get that. And, and again, you, you also got to look at the conference that they're in. You do. You know, yeah. I mean, okay, they they beat Elon to start the year. Or, no, they didn't beat Elon to start the year. They beat Elon last week. But they, uh, you know, they beat Richmond pretty soundly. They beat William and Mary very soundly. Robert yeah. Morris, they, yeah, they, I think the opening turn uh, part of that game, you know, the opening the 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 the, the, the play that that made the most difference was the Star Spangled Banner. You know, <laughs> I'm surprised that they played Norfolk State as close as they did. They that was a 17 point win. Oh yeah, and they lost. You know, their first game of the year to the the number 20 team right now in the country. Yeah. So yeah, what's their uh, what's their downfall here? They've done. I think that they've done what they need to do, at least with the strength of the schedule that they've had. Uh, they've shown. Yes, we're good. Um. You know, it's their their strength of schedule is a lot stronger than Kennesaw State. Yeah, I mean that's just yeah, the Big South. I'm sorry they're they're gonna win this, they're gonna win out this year. They're probably gonna win out next year. Uh, you know, Thomas, I think is showing that they didn't deserve to be a playoff team. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wanted to say this. Um, you know, it's nothing against the Owls. I love the Owls. What they're doing with their program is absolutely fantastic how they've risen to prominence so quickly. But mm-hmm. they're just playing anybody at this point. Um, so, you know, I hope they continue to keep doing what they're doing. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. We actually finally have Adam. So, Adam, hello. How you doing, man? Adam? What do you think we have, Adam? Uh, maybe we are having trouble hearing him. Um, give me one second. So, sounds like we can't hear Adam. Um, let's get off this poll thing, otherwise we'll be here forever. Uh, let's go to the uh, <laughs> game. That we, and you know we will be. Um, so let's go to the game of the week uh, for just a few minutes. Um our game of the week is uh, Eastern Washington at Weber State. For me, um, this is actually going to be a phenomenal matchup, in my opinion. I cannot wait. To, I can't wait to hear uh, what Adam has to say about, say about it. Because um, for me personally, this is going to be a game where we figure out um, what Eastern Washington can do against uh, great defense and uh, whether or not Weber can rebound. Uh, if, if Eastern Washington blows them out of the water, um, I think that, you know, it, it, it really puts them in a top three um, polling position in terms of uh, postseason polling, so long as they don't lose another game. And it's kind of where I am with that. Uh, we'll try Adam again. Adam, well, what do you think about our game of the week, uh, Eastern Washington at Weber State? All right, you can hear me now? Yep, we there can. There we go. Yeah. All right, sweet. 
Uh, I think this is going to be a good top, what is it, top 15? Yeah, top 15 matchup this week. I think if Eastern Washington wins by, say, three touchdowns or more, they could they could move up to as a top three team in the country, I think. And I agree with what you said earlier, Preston. This would be a good test for Eastern's prevent defense. Okay. I don't. Um, think, I don't think that they'll that they'll have a a chance to win though by three touchdowns. You know, I've seen that Weber State defense a little bit this year, and, and they're even stronger than they were last year. So, and I and I was impressed with them last year, but I'm I've been really impressed with Weber State. I've had them in my well, of course, a lot of people had them in their top ten all year, um, and I still think that they're still a top ten team. So I would I would be willing to say that Eastern Washington will have their hands full this week, especially I do believe the game is in Utah. So am I correct on that? Yes. Yes. So I think that that that, that game is going to, especially in front of the Weaver State fans, that's going to be one heck of a game this week. Um, and I, I, I truly think it'll take a while for the Eastern Washington offense to get going. And at that point, will Weber State have amassed enough of a lead that they're going to be able to hold on and, and pull off the upside? Yep, I, I definitely okay. see where you're talking about that. Um, and again, th- this is a, this is going to be a, a game matching uh, top 15 opponents. Um Mm-hmm. And again, kind of like Elon and JMU was, this is going to be a good witness test game for both of these teams. Um, they both clearly played some very good competition, um, coming fr- coming from very different perspectives. Uh, we were getting knocked off by Northern Arizona and Eastern Washington, beating the brakes off. I, I forgot who they played last week. Whoever it was, they killed them. <laughs> um, but they're they're coming into this game from very different places, so. Um, it's just going to be a really fun game to watch. I plan on watching it along with a lot of other games as well. Um, our schedule's kind of a little funky right now, so I would actually like to kick it over to Adam if it's okay with you. Um, would you uh, yeah. run your conference games, what you're looking forward to this week? Yeah, I was going to pull those back up. So I was looking at a schedule for Eastern. See, in the big sky we have, well, as you said earlier, we have is it Eastern Washington versus Weber State? And then we got the tail of two one-loss teams, both two, I believe they're both the FBS teams. Yes, they both they've both lost to two Pac-12 teams. That is Idaho State at UC Davis, seven Eastern on Saturday. I think that's going to really show what Idaho State has, and think, and if UC Davis can stand their offense and pull with them. Because Idaho State's defense is pretty good this year. And then another matchup we have is the Montana and North and the University of North Dakota. I think that's gonna be a good one to show what for Montana to be able to bounce back from big loss last week. And then we gotta move into the Ivy League. Uh, I, you know what, actually, I think that you're missing one more good matchup there. 
I think that will be Montana State hosting Idaho. Um, I don't think Idaho will win, but I, I really think that that's going to be a good matchup. You know, Idaho keeps saying that they that they need respect, but going into Montana State, the only I think the only way that they're going to get some respect, especially after getting just drubbed this weekend by Idaho State, I think the only way that they're going to get any respect is to to win on the road in a tough place to play. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. I heard this hasn't really impressed me much this year, so I didn't consider that one as a bigger matchup. But, yeah, you're right. If they want to earn the respect that they want, they got to win on the road this week. And then, in the Ivy League, we've got, looks like, on Saturday at 1 Eastern, we got Columbia heading to Penn. They're both Three and one in the conference er, overall, and I posted this in the group earlier this week. Columbia—they have an interesting stat. They've given up, I think it was 108 points total this year, and they've scored 108 points this year. And yeah, four games in—that's that's kind of a fun stat to see. Exactly. I figured. I think I posted it as they average out to four ties. And then, let's see, moving on, we got really the only really good game besides maybe Yale-Mercer could be a good one this week. So, Yale has to show what they really have. They've only beaten Cornell and Maine this year, and that was by six against Cornell and 21 against Maine. Then we move on to the Valley. Like for me, we got... Start with Northern Iowa and South Dakota. Northern Iowa travels to South Dakota. Northern Iowa, they've shown... They can, they held with NDSU last week really tough. They played, They were right with them. They were leading all up into the fourth quarter. That's when their defense fell apart. I think if they can play defense the whole game, their offense can move the ball. They should be able to beat South Dakota pretty easily. And then the only other game that intrigues me besides the biasism and I know Jeff's biasism here is this night game in Macomb, NDSU versus Western. It all depends. I think that game could be good depending on which Western team shows up. Are we going to see the Western that played against Montana State, or are we going to see the Western that played against Illinois State last week? All depends on which well, team decides to show up. You know, the first if you, if you get the uh, Western team that that played the first three quarters of that game, I think we're doing okay. But yeah, you know, I think I think North Dakota State. We'll, we'll roll in that game. You know, Hanson Field is going to be kind of a hard place to, you know, to, to find a, a good Western fan here because I – and North Dakota State, you know, to their credit, they're a couple states away, but they're going to bring their fans. So it'll be fun oh, yeah. to uh, – yeah. Unfortunately for, uh, for, for, for the Leathernecks, that's going to be a tough game this week, so – I, I think know, so, uh, they played pretty tough there, so they've had trouble. Valley, 
I said, I know what NDSU, they've had troubles in Macomb as well in recent years. I think it was four years ago was the, only, was the most recent one I remember. That was when you guys were winning big, and we had to come back in the second half to win it. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of well. I mean, we've got a new coach this year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock us because he's still pl- pretty much playing uh, with with the, actually the two previous coaches players. I wouldn't even say he's got his own players in there yet. But you know, yeah. I think I think the you know you look at the Western program, boy, they, you know they have their fourth quarter troubles the last few years, and I I kind of wonder about conditioning or you know what what. What does it take for Western to to play a full, you know, good four quarters? So, yeah, you know, we saw it the first game of the season, but you know, after that, we haven't seen it a uh, good fourth quarter for for the Leatherneck. So, I, I taking a look though at the schedule, I, I do think Missouri State and Indiana State, especially Indiana State, coming off that win this this or that I shouldn't call it a win, but you know that that game with South Dakota State this week. I think that oh, yeah. that hopefully that they don't have hangover against Missouri State, but I would I, I'm looking forward to that game, and I really think that Indiana State could could be a 500 team after this week, and same with I Missouri they, State, honestly. If they play like they did last week, then I think they could come in or they could win at home actually against Missouri State if they if they play like they did against SDSU. Yeah, and and again that game's in Terre Haute, so you know I think I think yeah. Indiana State's got a good shot at this at this uh, at a win here. And, and when's the last time that they had three wins in the season or were at 500 at any point in the season? So you know I'm looking forward to seeing how they do against the Bears this week. Oh yeah, and then I was actually looking into Western again. The last time they played a really good fourth quarter this year was actually on the 15th of September against Montana. That was when they scored 14 points in that fourth quarter to win it. That's right. Because they were, from what I remember, they were, and again, this is the hard part about reading about all these games. They were down in that game, weren't they? They were. They were down let's see, 27 to 17 going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. They had two. Yeah. A punt return touchdown. And a passing touchdown to come back and win it. Yeah. Well, and Preston, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Montana's a different a different team out of the state of Montana. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, and we got to even see that at Hanson Field this year. I forgot about that game, but yeah. Good point. Not often we get to play both Montana State and Montana in the same year. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have to play one of them in Montana. Exactly. Um, Adam, did you have any um, any other games that you wanted to roll through? Uh, looking through the Southland, only game that really intrigues me is Actually, I'm going to go with Houston Baptist and Southeastern Louisiana. They are both two of the, or Southeastern Louisiana is near the top seven. They're in the upper half of the conference, but 
that's the only game that really intrigues me, just because it's two weaker teams. Because there's not many other really good games in that conference this week. And that's pretty much all you need to say about the Southland. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, where where else are you going to find uh, a game noteworthy? And, you know, that's that's not, again, that's not as trying to crap on the conference or anything, but if that's really your only game and you're trying to convince us that you're a top five or four conference and your top teams aren't even in the most intriguing game, then what are you presenting us with? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, and, uh, and, and the the top three teams in the conference are all playing teams with losing records again. So... I don't expect this to be a good weekend. I agree with with Adam. I, that's going to be a hard weekend for the uh, for the Southland. Yeah. So uh, without um, further ado, I'm actually going to run through Dakota's conferences real quick, and then I'll kick it over to you, Jeff. All right. Sure. So, so Dakota has uh, in the SoCon Eastern Tennessee at the Citadel. Um, we already talked about Eastern Tennessee's blowout last weekend. Uh, the Citadel, despite their record of one and three, has been playing a lot of close games with a lot of teams. Um, so this this is going to be a good game. Um, this, this really could be the game that says, okay, Eastern Tennessee is really here and we're really here to compete. Um, definitely a game. Um, and then uh, he has Chattanooga at Western Carolina. Uh, both of these teams are basically playing for playoff lives. Chattanooga has two losses now um, after starting the season 4-0. And Western Carolina has always been a team that's kind of floated around the top middle of the SOCON. So uh, this this is kind of one of those uh, playoff games. It's like, okay, well, maybe one of these teams might come in third place um, in this conference. So we'll see what goes on there. Um, Mercer at Yale, uh, Adam already mentioned, so I'm not going to go into that. Uh, out of the Ohio Valley, he has... Austin P at Southeast Missouri. Southeast Missouri has not looked half bad. And uh, Austin P has a uh, – uh, they, they got a good win against um, a clearly an emotional Tennessee uh, state team last week, but still a very good win nonetheless. And Southeast Missouri actually dropped uh, 70 points last week on Tennessee Tech. So clearly they can score the ball. Uh, so that should be a very interesting game. <laughs> um then he has Eastern Illinois at Jacksonville State. Um, he mentioned the fact that they have a 35-game win streak in conference, which is nuts. Um, I would say that that speaks to JSU's dominance, taking nothing away from that, but also to the lack of competition in the Ohio Valley, to be completely honest. It's not a knock against um, you know anything that Jacksonville State has accomplished, like I said, but you're not supposed to win that many games in your conference, no matter how bad the conference is, you know. That's just ridiculous. Um, so I guess I'll just uh, – <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Appar- and apparently if they win out, they'll break Duquesne's in-conference record. Um, and this is a rivalry game. Um, and uh, JSU has been playing much better since they lost to A&T. I think, we, I think a lot of people get turned off by some of the stuff that we hear from JSU fans. But they really have looked a lot better. Their defense has stepped it up. They've, they've knocked out. They've knocked down the turnovers, and um, you know, if they lose to Kent, uh, Kennesaw State, they won't get a seed. 
if they went out and beat Kennesaw State, they'll definitely have a seed. Um, so then we move on to the SWAC. We have Alcorn State at Alabama A&M. Uh, Alabama A&M has been a surprise. Uh, they're sitting at second um, in the eastern side of the SWAC. And um, so the, the SWAC is wide open, and I think that I've said that before, and I'll say it again. This is a wide open conference, which is awesome. Um, right now, uh, Alcorn State is in first place in the East. In first place, uh, they beat the uh, they beat Southern earlier, and that surprised a lot of people. Um, and uh, last week beat Texas Southern. So if um, if Alabama wins this game, Alabama A&M, they will be the division leaders in the East, which will be a very very big deal in terms of going towards the SWAC championship. On the other side, we have Prairie U at Southern. Uh, a lot of other FCS fans have gotten some raised eyebrows to Prairie View, seeing that their program is definitely on the come up, especially after uh, beating Grambling. Now they have to take down the other perennial power in the SWAC West and Southern. Um, I've really been impressed with what I've seen from Southern this year, so I would definitely give the edge to Prairie View um, this game. Um, and it looks like what we have uh, from Dakota is that Prairie View hasn't played a single down at home yet this season. That's insane. They're doing all of this on the road um, and at a neutral site when they play Grambling. So the fact that they're playing all these games on the road is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so that's all for um, conferences. Adam wanted to mention one more game that he had, and then we'll kick it over to Jeff. Yeah, the only game I, I realized I was looking at the schedule and forgot to mention was Sam Houston State versus Northwestern State. This game is a big game for for at least the coach of Sam Houston State, Casey Keller, because they win this game at his 50th victory as a head coach at Sam Houston. That's a big game for them. Yeah. And a game that they should win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they should easily win it, but... At the same point, yeah, they, they need to be playing a little extra hard just to make sure that they salt that away early. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Let that party get let that party get started by halftime, guys. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's turn let's turn here to the Big South. Honestly, again, as we were talking about with uh, with one of Adams' uh, the Southland, uh, Kennesaw State's playing Gardner Webb. Hmm. Okay, um, Mom is playing Bucknell again, a one and five team going against last year playoff team. Charleston Southern is actually probably in a competitive game against a Division two school, Virginia Lynchburg, and the only game that really matters in the Big South, I'd say, is Hampton uh, playing at Presbyterian. Presbyterian kind of needs that game more than Hampton, but frankly, I don't see their team going to do much, you know, as far as a postseason bid. Uh, turning to the Northeast Conference, uh, Bryant hosts Central Connecticut State. Uh, it'll be competitive. It'll be fun. Uh, Dartmouth hosts uh, Sacred Heart, and I think that that is, uh, is a game that Sacred Heart really needs against an undefeated Dartmouth team. So Sacred Heart better be bringing it all. The Pioneers have 
got to do what they need to do to uh, to hand Dartmouth their first loss. And and from what again, from what I've seen, you know, at least in print, which which Dartmouth team uh, or which uh, yeah, which which team is Dartmouth going to face? Are they going to face? The team that that has impressed them at Sacred Heart, or are they going to see the team that, frankly, they 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 shouldn't uh, you know be challenging for anything? And then turning to the Pioneer, actually, we've got a couple of fun games here. We've got Davidson hosting Moorhead State, and Stetson in, and Drake will meet in Iowa with identical three and one records. Uh, three and two Butler will travel to Indiana to face a winless Valpo. But they they kind of need to make sure that they keep Valpo uh, that they keep Valpo winless, so that way they've got a chance to to have a you know a shot at that conference championship. And the three and two San Diego Toreros hosts the Dayton Flyers, so those will be uh, my favorite games in the uh, Pioneer. Actually, I, I like the uh, Pioneer games <laughs> better than most of the other conferences this year. So. It'll be, uh, again, as I have always said, the Pioneer always has good competitive football, and this year has not has not disappointed in that. All right. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks for that whip around. Um, so without sure. further ado, I will do my conferences very quickly from the Patriot League. As always, I say that I'm basically only going to highlight uh, Colgate as a game of the week until – we need to figure out anything otherwise. They're actually not playing a conference game this week. They'll be playing against Cornell. And Cornell won against Harvard last week, so don't write off Cornell, uh, the team from the kids, because they can clearly play some football if they're going to there with Harvard. Um, that'll be a good test for Colgate. Um, expect a good game out of that. And uh, moving on to the MEAC, we have Bethune-Cookman at South Carolina State. Um, what a lot of people might not know about South Carolina State is they are always a very, very tough defensive team. Um, so they're definitely going to give Bethune-Cookman a good game. And Bethune-Cookman is one of those teams in the MEAC that will be gunning for the um, excuse me, gunning for um, the MEAC championship, which at the moment is very wide open. So that's just a game to keep an eye out on. I think Bethune-Cookman should win, um, but I don't expect South Carolina State to lay down, and that's going to be one heck of a band battle. And I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, no, Bethune-Cookman's coming from the east side of Florida, so they might have gotten the hurricane too bad. Anyway, moving on, uh, we have Delaware State at Howard. Delaware State sucks, um, but... Howard really need to bounce back after they lost to North Carolina Central. Um, they are not out of the MEAC race, but that loss definitely hurt them. They're 1-3 on the year. Um, granted, two of those losses were to two FBS teams, but if Howard still wants to be in the conversation, they absolutely need this win. The game of the week in the MEAC by far is Florida A&M at North Carolina A&T. For those that don't know, Florida A&M is located in Tallahassee. Um, probably about five minutes from the Florida State campus. Um, both both schools actually are very, very close with each other in terms of collaboration on studies and whatnot. Um, as most of us know, um, that part of Florida was hit very hard by Hurricane Michael this past, uh, past 24 hours or so. Um, to my knowledge, nothing has changed about this game. I know that the FCS stats poll is featuring it. 
um, just to kind of highlight what's going on down there. But other than what's going on with the weather, it's actually a very, very good game. Um, Florida A&M is currently 3-0 and in conference play, um, and North Carolina A&T is 2-0 and because their Morgan State game didn't count. So this game is really a game battling for first place. Florida A&M is on the rise. North Carolina A&T is the team to beat. So, um, you know, if your game is kind of boring or if you're a North Dakota State fan that uh, your game is until 7 this weekend or 6 Central Time, tune in to fan you and North Carolina A&T because that's, that's going to be a really, really good game to watch. Alrighty, So we're going to move on to the CAA. Um, <laughs> I have this down here tongue-in-cheek. Uh, Richmond at Albany. Um, Richmond needs to get a win. Like badly, uh, I, and th- this this has to be the game that Richmond gets a win. Otherwise, I don't know what they're going to do until William and Mary. It's just a bad season for Richmond. Um, then I'm going to move up. We have William and Mary at Towson. Um, what, the reason why I wrote this game down is uh, uh, the Tribe got their first win last week against Albany, and Towson is clearly flying high and flying hot. Uh, I think that most of us not ranking. In the stats, have Towson a little higher than 17. Um, I know that Adam has them lower in his personal rankings. Adam, I'm not calling you out. I just remember that. Um, but what I'm saying is Towson is clearly a very, very good team and a team on the rise. So um, we'll see We'll see what happens um, with that game. But I think everybody expects Towson to kind of uh, run away with that one. Then we're going to move on to a game that I find very intriguing, Elon at Delaware. Um, Delaware clearly coming off of a much-needed win against Richmond, and Elon also, you know, coming up with the uh, the shock of the season so far, which sounds a little ridiculous to say considering Elon was a top-10 team going into it, but does Elon, does Elon have a little bit of a hangover going up against a Delaware team that has playoff aspirations and um, has a very good defense? So that's going to be a game to keep an eye on. Um, Delaware wins that game. You shoot them right back into that uh, CAA title contention and clearly playoff contention as well. Um, Stony Brook at New Hampshire. Um, As I mentioned earlier, New Hampshire got their starting quarterback back, uh, Trevor Knight, and they looked like the New Hampshire we expected them to look like last week. Stony Brook is licking their wounds after getting whooped up on by Towson. So, this is a playing game for New Hampshire, and this is a game that Stony Brook probably wants to win um, because the week after this weekend they'll be playing JMU. Um, and Stony Brook really can't afford to drop many more games. Um, but again, this, this is a team in New Hampshire that literally cannot drop any more games. So that's definitely going to be a game to keep an eye on. And it, like I said, it is so fascinating that New Hampshire is sitting at 10th but we think they have the capability of potentially um, running the table or winning five out of their last six or whatever games to either really mm-hmm. play spoiler or make a playoff push. So that just makes the CAA yeah, be all the four out of thing. five. But, yeah, they, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, and that just makes the CAA all the more fascinating because you have a team that a lot in a lot of conferences, you're like, oh, they're at the bottom, they suck. But, no, it's New Hampshire. Right. It's not fair. <laughs> it's just not fair. Um, but I, I can't wait to I can't wait to see what happens in that game. 
Then up next we have um, James Madison at Villanova. Villanova is 0-3 in conference, so they will literally be playing for their conference lives in this game. Um, I mentioned last week that the loser of Maine versus Maine versus Nova would not make the playoffs. Um, I don't think Villanova's going to make the playoffs now, and I think that that ends here with JMU. And that's not me going into this game as an overconfident JMU fan because I never go into a JMU game overconfident. But it's me just seeing the fact that JMU did lose last weekend to Elon. They're going to go in there, and they're they're just going to be a completely different team. They're not going to let anything go. Mm-hmm. They, I expect the defense to explode off the line. I expect the secondary to be just relentless. And Villanova has not shown that they can score against teams with good defenses. They can run it up against Bucknell. They can score a lot against Towson, but they still got beat by Towson. But when it comes to them playing actual defenses, they get really stalled. Um, and their defense has been erratic as well. So, for me, I personally see James Madison bouncing back and Nova getting bounced out of the playoff picture with this game. Um, and then, moving on to our to my final game that we have in the CAA, it's actually Maine at Rhode Island. And this is probably the best game of the week in this conference because Maine and Rhode Island are undefeated in conference. And as I said before, if I had held um, your uh, feet to the fire and said, hey, guess what, Mm -hmm. Maine and Rhode Island are going to be undefeated midway through conference play, um, in conference you would have laughed at me. Yet here we are. Mm -hmm. Maine and Rhode Island, I think, sit uh, second and fourth, respectively, in conference. They're both 2-0, though. Uh, Rhode Island's four and one overall. Maine is three and two overall. Um, both uh, one of Rhode, one of Rhode Island's losses came to uh, UConn, and Maine lost to Central Michigan and Yale. Um, but all of that being said, both of these teams are ranked in the top 25. Um, this is going to go very far for their playoff aspirations. Personally, I have a little more faith in Rhode Island because their their offense is that good when they have their starting quarterback in. They just they could they could score on anybody. Um, I still have questions about their defense, despite what they did putting up a goose egg against Brown. Um, but I just I just see um, I personally see Rhode Island winning that game just because I think I think Maine's doing what they usually do. They start out start out looking good, and then they kind of stall and lethargic and just. Um, so it's a little unfortunate for Maine. Um, maybe they'll surprise me and maybe they'll jump off the screen, but nonetheless, it's still a top 25 matchup. Um, but I have a little more faith in the Rams, which, again, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. All that being said, those are my conferences. Um, do we have Adam back with us? I guess I we don't think so. I don't think so. Well, um... Now comes the point in the show, um, and hopefully Adam will jump in as soon as he comes back, because this is a subject that is very near and dear to us that are very prominent on a lot of FCS forums, but particularly on the Facebook page. Um, And this is going to be our new segment. Um, Have a little bit of fun before uh, we get into our pick'ems, but 
the shorter version, I just call it Get Off My Lawn, but the full phrase is Hey You Kids, Get Off My Lawn, which is kind <laughs> of, at least me, um, being a old geezer at 29, I say that very tongue-in-cheek, but I definitely have my Get Off My Lawn moments, um, and I think the grievance that a lot of us wanted to air, and Dakota did too, it's really too bad that he's not here with us, is the the amount of trolling that we see um, on fan pages. Now, I think that most of us get this, that it's the Internet, it's a Facebook forum, it's a Reddit forum, it's a Rivals.com forum. You always take everything with a grain of salt. But some of the stuff that we see is just so over the top and so stupid that, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, okay, well, is this person going to, you know, actually make a point, or are they just being stupid for the sake of being stupid? And I I think the thing that really got to me was last weekend, I think any JMU fan expected this. And, And let me be the first to admit it, like I said, Elon won that game, JMU lost it. But the amount of stupidity that I saw coming out of the woodwork once JMU lost the game to a top-ten opponent, I was like, did you guys even watch the game? Are you serious? Like, come on. Um, like, one of, one, of the guy, one, one of the comments was, oh, let's wait for the JMU excuses. And I don't know how much you saw on the page, Jeff, but there were literally no JMU fans making any excuses public, publicly. No. About about them losing the game, and it was like, you do realize how stupid you look, right? Nobody from JMU is complaining. In fact, all they're doing is praising Elon. And then another mm-hmm. guy from the Missouri Valley was like, oh, the CAA is totally a three-team conference now because they had three ranked opponents lose. And it was like, yes, those three ranked opponents lost to three other ranked teams. What's your point? And that's again, coming from. That's coming from the Missouri Valley, who, frankly, again, we've got two very strong teams in in the Dakotas, and yeah, who else? I mean, and, and this comes from a from a Missouri Valley fan. You know, don't get me wrong, we're down this year, I think, but you know, you don't you don't make a conference uh, comment like that against uh, against the uh, the Colonial right now. Uh, look at your own conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pumping up your chest real big, and South Dakota State almost lost to Indiana State, and they probably should have. Mhm. And we got crickets on that. Um, and and, and it, it just it just blows my mind that there are so many people, and by so many people I mean a few, that want to talk about how Jacksonville is the greatest thing since sliced bread now. And they uh, they haven't beaten anybody. Um, they beat Austin Peay like they were supposed to. That's a rivalry game. You expect them to beat them. But And, yes, they have looked better. But have they, you know, you know, blown the doors off to the point where we really think that they should be four six like Bumbles and Adam? Um, Sounds like you're back. Uh, we were just getting onto our off my lawn. I know that you definitely had some not personal grievances that you wanted to air about some of the stuff that we saw last weekend. 
I did. I thought you did. I, I I mean, we were talking about it a lot in our um, in our group chat about just some of the crazy stuff people were posting, like and not nothing against it. But if you didn't, I'm kind of surprised because wow, you you were getting lambasted. You know, not only you know just, not only personally, but you know, just uh, the opinions were just. It was like, I, I, and, and this is me looking at it. Huh? Really? You thought that, and you you thought enough of it to to put it out in print. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I guess I go for it, Adam. What? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was I was just saying that. I think that's probably my biggest thing. Like. I'm not about to be the person here to say, oh, look at me and how uh, I always keep my cool when posting things. I think I've done a lot better over the last couple of months, but I know I've had my stupid moments. I'm not going to lie. But my stupid moments have never been about saying stupid things about face, about football. It's been about other stuff. But when just some of the stuff that people say when it comes to football comments, I'm just like, oh, good Lord. And and some of the stuff that I wrote in my article, like people saying that JMU should burn their uniforms and fire their coach, it and th- that's I think where the scary thing is. Like, there's a balance between uh, trolling and these people actually think this stuff, and it makes them look very very stupid. <laughs> and especially when somebody basically spams um, the Facebook page over and over and over again, and you're like, dude. We get oh. it. You like your team. Cool. You still lost that one game, and it makes you look real bad and real stupid. Just like, mm-hmm. do a little lap. Um, and so I'm not. I'm, I'm again. I'm not trying to go off on a diatribe. And clearly, we're not going to call out anything. Okay. You can't do that. Um, that's just not right. But I think I think the world would definitely be a better place, and we could have a lot better football conversations if. Um, not not to say everybody needs to take it a little more seriously, but just think a little bit before you hit send. And I realize that when we all get our libations in us and we get our, uh, in our we'll call it happy football place on a Saturday, sometimes the, uh, the thumbs are a little loose or the fingers are a little loose, depending on what you're typing on. But, you know, some people just keep digging holes and digging holes and digging holes, and by the time you think that they should have dug out by now, you're like, oh, but they actually think that. That's a little unfortunate. So, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep going on this get off my lawn moment because I think we could also go on it on it for a little while. But if you're gonna troll, you know, there's places to do it. I think Twitter's great for it. But uh, some of us are trying to have real football conversations. Try and let us do that. Anyway, I think we are now at the time where we whip around to our pick. So, Jeff, what is a game that you'd like for us to pick? Well, let me go back here to that sheet. And by the way, and I was just looking here. Uh, did Delaware beat Richmond this week? I was just just checking a couple of these out from last week. Yeah, they did. They beat them 43 to 
Okay. So we all got that. That's actually the only game that we all got right last week, by the way. Wofford um, lost <laughs> Chattanooga, correct? Yep, I got that wrong. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Wofford beat Chattanooga. Okay. Yeah, they I was did. Say that you just call, you called the upset. Oh, and, and by the way, we all got the Idaho State game last week, right? Sorry about that. And there we go. Okay. Um, one of these nights, I'm actually going to sit down and actually, we've we've had all those those together. I'll I'll actually sit down maybe and finish off. Uh, Finish off with uh, what we were going to do there, so that we'll we'll do that uh, some other night. All right, so let's turn to let's. You know what? It's a game that I mentioned out of the Northeast Conference, and actually it comes out of the Ivy a little bit. Uh, Dartmouth hosting Sacred Heart. It's going to be a tough road win for uh, for Sacred Heart, but they really need it. So I. But, uh, I Again, as I said, you know, which Sacred Heart team is going to be there? So I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go with Dartmouth uh, in a game that Sacred Heart really needs. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the Pioneers and the Mean Green? Hmm. That one. Yep. All you have. Um. Well, I'm looking at something right now. Let's see. Maybe. I think I'm going to have to go Dartmouth in this one in a close one. All right. So I'm taking a look at Sacred Heart's uh, previous schedules right now. They've beaten up on a bunch of uh, teams from, uh, what's it called, my conference, the Patriot League. Um, I mean, they, they've, they've got some pretty they've, they've got some pretty good wins, but two Ivy League losses. Um, I'm going with Dartmouth as well because uh, holy crap, they look like the real deal. I watched them run over Yale week, and that's an exaggeration. They literally ran over the Yale. So. For me, I think it's a no-brainer. I think that it's Dartmouth. Um, I won't say running away, but they just look like the real deal to me. Okay, Adam, uh, what's the game for you that you have for the pick'em? Ooh, let's go with um, go Montana, North Dakota. This will be. A- like I said earlier, this is going to be a good test for Montana to see if they can play on the road impressively. And after a loss last week, I think they should be able to do it. I think Montana wins in a close one. All right, what do you think, Jeff? I don't. I, I nothing against Montana, but they're again they're a different team when they're away from both or from. Uh, Missoula, so I think that you're going to have to go. I have to go North Dakota on this one. I, I just can't see. I can't see. Uh, I can't see the Grizzlies winning on the road on this one, even though they really need a road win here. 
Okay, so for me, I actually, um, uh, I, I'm with you in terms of, you know, Montana is a completely different time, uh, sorry, completely different team on the road. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I think that they realize that they're really playing for, not necessarily their playoff lives literally, but this game would go a long way in convincing some of the people in the playoff committee that, you know, Montana is a team that isn't just a home team and can only win at home. They can win on the road as well. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to pick Montana in this game, but in excuse me, in doing so, I am basically saying, Montana, this is your put-up-or-shut-up game. Um, if you don't win this, y'all have a lot of a lot more proving to do than y'all would like to admit. And I'll just leave it at that. So, here's my first pick on because I looks like we're going to have time for another round. Stony Brook at, at least. New Hampshire. At least, yeah. So I have Stony Brook at New Hampshire for my first game. And I think we picked this for obvious reasons. Stony Brook is still in the top 25. New Hampshire that finally got their starting quarterback back and to uh, make a statement, basically, to say, hey, don't sleep on us, not only as a team that could spoil your playoff chances, but also as a playoff team. So, keeping all that in mind, I'm just going to go with the gut feeling and actually go with New this one. Um, if Stony Brook proves me wrong, I'm going with New Hampshire. Okay. So, you know, if Stony Brook proves me wrong, what that would say to me is they are a legitimate playoff team. But um, this is also at New Hampshire, and I just think that that team is completely revived with Trevor Knight. Um, so, Adam, what do you think? Ooh. You know, I, I want to pick Stony Brook. But mm-hmm. with Trevor Knight coming back this week, I think he can make a comeback and lead him to the victory. Something goes New Hampshire. All right. What about you, Jeff? I'm sorry. What was the new What was New Hampshire's quarterback's injury, by the way? You know, I honestly hadn't looked it up. I think it was shoulder related. Um, non throwing shoulder, though. But I can oh, okay. I can double. Yeah, it was it was just really banged up, and even if it is a non-throwing shoulder, there's a lot of physics and torque that goes into that, and it's still not healthy. Much less, you know, potentially getting tackled. Sure. You know what, though? I, nah, I'm still going to go to New Hampshire. It's going to be the clean sweep for the Wildcats. I, I no, they 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 know what's on the line. I get it. They're at home. New Hampshire's a tough place to play anyway, but, you know, especially when their backs are already up against the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, New Hampshire in, in, in the sweep there. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, we all picked New Hampshire, but I think we all realize that this is going to be a very, very, very good game. It's just Oh, that, it is. Yeah. It's just that New Hampshire has a lot to play for. Um, they have everything their their playoff streak is on the line as well. Um, so Jeff, what about you? What's your second game that you'd like us to pick? 
I'm going to go again. I'm, I'm going to turn. I, I liked a lot of the games in the Pioneer Conference this week. So let's turn our eyes to San Diego. The Dayton Flyers are going to are going to travel out to visit the Toreros. Um, both teams still in the hunt for the for the conference title. So San Diego didn't start the year very strong, but man, the last couple of weeks they've looked pretty good. So I'm going to go San Diego on this game. All right, and uh, what about you, Adam? To San Diego, who? The Toreros. Okay, who are they playing? Oh, or Dayton. Dayton. Dayton, sorry. In in California. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in California. I'm going to go San Diego. But if it was in Ohio, I'd go Dayton. But since it's in California, I'm going to go San Diego. Especially <laughs> with the weather this week in Dayton? Yes, I can imagine why. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so I'm here looking at Dayton's schedule right now, and the wins that they have are, you know, kind of, woohoo, yay, good for you. Um, but some of these losses are not good losses. Um, and, that, and that being said, you know, you did clearly mention that San Diego hasn't exactly been gangbusters this year either. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, I think I'm also going to go San Diego as well, um, not necessarily because of the travel, um, but I just think San Diego has a better program. But and but the Pioneer is raising the caliber of their league on the whole, which is great for them. Um, I still just see San Diego as the standard in that uh, in that league, so that would be the game that I would go with. Or I'm sorry, the team that I would go with, San Diego. All right, um, our, uh, Adam. What's another game that you have for us? Um, the other one I had was Youngstown State at South Dakota State. Look at Youngstown's schedule, and this is it's pretty close to a must-win game for the Penguins to be able to be back in playoff contention for the year. So I'm going to go Youngstown. I'm not going to go Youngstown State, but I'm going to go South Dakota State by two touchdowns. All right, Jeff, what do you think about that? The one uh, the one game I actually got a chance to listen to a, a good chunk of was, uh, was against Youngstown State. You know, it's a team that doesn't like to, to quit, but frankly, uh, South Dakota State has got to realize that what they did this weekend was just pitiful. So I think that we're going to see. I think we're going to see kind of like what we're going to see with James Madison. We're going to see a, a redoubled effort here to make sure that that doesn't even come close to happening again. I think you've got South Dakota State in the runaway. I think I'm going to triple down on that, um, and I'll keep it short. It's nothing against Youngstown State. Um, Jeff, you already mentioned it. Um, Young uh, South Dakota State and JMU are in reset mode to say, nope, what you saw last week, that's not who we are. And I think that they're going to just come out looking like gangbusters. I think it'll be a game to watch because I think it'll be great. Um, but, again, uh, Adam even mentioned this, at least two touchdowns for South Dakota State to kind of reestablish themselves as the number two team in the nation, which, again, we'll just not get into that. 
So um, I'm going to throw you guys a little bit of a curveball here. Um, Bethune-Cookman at South Carolina State. Again, I mentioned that South Carolina State always plays with a good defense, and they just always play teams tough in, in general. Um, Bethune-Cookman is going to look to establish itself as the other team, Fort A&M, trying to beat uh, North Carolina A&T in conference. Um, South Carolina State has two FBS losses. Um, lost to Norfolk State earlier, which doesn't look so good. Lost to A&T, but beat Morgan State this past weekend. So, for me, I'm looking Ooh. at this being a game for Bethune-Cookman as a quote-unquote coming-out party. Um, I still see them winning it close. Uh, probably something along the lines of a 20-17, to 20-16 game. Um, and, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Adam, what do you think? Um, I'm with you. After looking at both schedules, uh, South Carolina State, their one win was over Morgan State, and it was by three. Mm-hmm. So I think this Ellen Cookman wins by a score of like 21 to 17. Okay. And what about you, Jeff? Yeah, you know we haven't we haven't had a, a game where we haven't had a sweep uh, all night, and frankly, this isn't going to be the game either. I, I think Bethine Cookman is gonna is gonna roll here. Um, it's not going to be close. I don't think. I I honestly, I'm looking here at the schedules as well. Yeah, I think uh, Bethine rolls on the road. All right, so looks like we have time for one more quick rapid-fire round. Jeff, do you have another game that we can talk about real quick? Oh, I do. You know what, and, I, and I'm actually going into your backyard on this one. Uh, let's let's turn to Maine at Rhode Island. I think that, that should be a – yeah, I think that that should be a fun game. Uh, Rhode Island currently sitting at 16, Maine at, at 21. Maine coming off a, a big win at home. Um, not sure how they are as a road team. I haven't really looked at the schedules here, but, you know, Rhode Island has been just a, a, a strong team this year as well. And, again, you know, you've got the FBS losses for both. So neither team has had an FCS loss. I'm going to go Rhode Island in this game. Um, I, I just – the way I'm looking at it, I, I that's, that's my gut. And uh, and again, as I've said before, my gut's big enough. I, I'm I'm happy to to put it out there and say that that Rhode Island is is going to hold serve at home. All right, Adam, what do you think? Um, I like what Rhode Island's done this year. I think they can come out of this with a victory. I got them winning by a field goal, last second field goal to win it. Okay, um, so I definitely think that this is the game of the week in the CAA just because it's against ranked teams. Um, it's also two surprising teams. Um, I'm I'm not going to pick against Rhode Island either just because I know how potent that offense can be. And Maine has a very good defense, but Maine still has something to prove to me. Um so, uh, Jeff, I actually have to correct you. They did lose to Yale um, at Yale. So they do have an FCS loss, but they have 
they have a big FBS win and an FCS loss that are and an FBS loss that was really good. So I'm still kind of trying to figure out what Maine is. I do agree with you though, Adam. I think that this is going to be a close game, probably a field goal or a touchdown. But this is a different Rhode Island team, and I see them as establishing themselves and uh, really, you know, separating themselves as part of the cream of the crop in the CAA. Uh, real quick, Adam, do you have a game on tap that you want to do? I do. I do. It's going to be a bloodbath at the bottom of the big sky. Portland State hosts Northern Colorado. Northern yeah. Colorado has yet to get a victory. They've played. They've played a couple close games against like Sacramento State. Almost came back and beat UC Davis last week. Lost to McNeese by three. I think this is the week for the Bears. I think they come out of this with a three-point win over Portland. All right, Jeff, what do you think? Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I've got a friend that his daughter is a uh, uh, is is a Northern Colorado freshman. He he's gone to a couple of the games because she's in the band. Uh, he he thinks that that frankly the uh, the Bears should just you know go back out and. And maybe maybe try a Division two team next year. He doesn't see anything impressive in this Northern Colorado team, and frankly, that's fine. I'm going to go with Portland State. Well, when you put it like that, um, actually, um, I've seen some glimpses from the Bears games that I've played. Uh, I've seen them play. Um, I think Portland State might have a little bit of a hangover. Uh, after beating Montana. And I, I think that UNC probably circled this as a must-win game on their schedule. So I'm actually going to go with the Bears as well. Um, but it actually should be a good game, so perhaps one to watch. And um, very quickly, we only have a few minutes. I've got Cornell at Colgate. Um, I'm going to go with Colgate Ooh. just because they're, um, in their mind, trying to work on a, a potential playoff bid or a potential playoff seeding. If they go undefeated, especially beat, if they beat Army at the end of the year, so I'll go with Colgate, but I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Again, uh, you got to go with the hot hand, and I'm going to go with Colgate undefeated and until you, you just don't mess with those undefeated teams until they lose. Same yeah. here. I'm going to go with Colgate as well. Okay. Well, guys, we didn't get much dissent in terms of picking different schools uh, this time around. Um, Jeff, do you have anything that you want to say before we uh, sign off here? No, nope, just looking forward again to uh, to the week games, and especially our game of the week. I think I think we're going to have a, a really fun game there. So, But all, I think all these conferences will have a, a good, at least competitive game to, to go out and search out you know, depending on uh, on where you're at. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, what about you, Adam? Uh, just that there's a lot of good games this weekend. Watch as much football as possible. <laughs> All right. And I guess I'll close out by saying that I'm going to be keeping my eye like a hawk on the CAA. Not everything is a ranked matchup this weekend, but there's still going to be a lot of wonderful matchups. And, of course, I want to see how JMU responds to their first uh, FCS loss um, in season under the Mike Houston era. So without further ado, 
Hope that everybody that's oh, listening. Oh, one more thing. Sure. One more thing. Thirty seconds. Tune in on Saturday night, six or seven Eastern, to the NDSU at Western Illinois game because I will be at the game. All right. Oh, very good. Text me. Cool. We'll be looking out for you. So, um, other than that, everybody that's been affected by Hurricane Michael, please stay safe. And then, other than that, guys, I think we'll just say, uh, night. Be safe. Have a good one, guys. Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from?